Welcome to the I Hate Critics 1993 podcast. I am professional film critic Sean Patrick. With me is Amy. Hello. This podcast is brought to you by... Pontiac Fiero. Is that blood on your front seat? <laughs> the Pontiac Fiero. Why is it on fire? <laughs> the Pontiac Fiero. Those are my grandmother's underpants. <laughs> I, sh- Pontiac I should. Fiero. That's not mine. <laughs> Pontiac Fiero. That's it. That's just Pontiac Fiero. That's, that's it. Oh, Thank God they they support us the way that they do. I know they're so they're so kind. I just wish that they'd pay us. I just, I just wish, wish they'd, they'd pay us. I just wish they'd settle on a marketing gimmick. You know, <laughs> hard to work all these in every week. God bless them. Well, so it's not our usual podcast because MJ isn't with us this no, time. No, no MJ. No uh, MJ. MJ has tummy ache. So yeah, they'll they'll survive though. They will. You know what? MJ <laughs> wasn't even looking at the screen for this film, so I'm just going <laughs> to put that out there right away. <laughs> That's bad news. It is. It, it's be bad. Back. Hopefully they'll be back for the year-end recap when we tell the world that the only good movies of 1994 are parody films. <laughs> well, I mean, parody look at it. Parody films and The Fugitive. <laughs> yeah. And, well, and, and actually the one without music. <laughs> Josh and Sam. Josh and Sam. Is- <laughs> the, the least listened to podcast in history. You know what? I I think that's a shame because I think that is honestly one of our best because, again, there was no music. Yeah. And we just, we felt our way, like blindly felt our way through that movie. So that's fine. The person who uploaded that too needs to be, needs to be made into a a folk legend. (laughs) (laughs) Totally agree. (laughs) Uh, This week, uh, you know, you, you read the title of the podcast and you know what we're talking about. We're talking about the Pelican Brief. And then we'll yeah. secretly talk about Doctor Who at the end because we don't tell anybody we talk about Doctor Who on the show because it's no, funnier but that way. It is funnier, but you you now we let it off with that. Now people are going to be like, oh, oh. I'm just going to you know, sour through it and and wait until we get to the end mm-hmm. for the Doctor Who. The but Doctor that's fine. Who. Amy hasn't we, watched, by the way, but whatever. Hey, I'm getting to it right after this podcast. Look, here's the thing. Sean and I and MJ, we do not record this. I mean, it's 8.30 at night, so mm-hmm. we had to get to this a little bit late. Yeah. And yeah. so just because of the day, this was a hectic day, mm-hmm. um, I haven't gotten to it, but I'm going to watch it after this, and then I will have my thoughts on it next week. So, you know, we're a couple weeks behind on our doctor yeah. conversation. And because I, I was more sick. Than Amy does, and that's fine. That's true. That's fine. But we still have an amazing brand new doctor, so pay attention. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, we're talking until about, then, <laughs> we're talking about the Pelican Brief, starring the brother sister duo of Julia Roberts and Denzel Washington. <laughs> oh. Do you remember the, the cover of the VHS? Him leaning over her shoulder as she's on a on an ancient computer. It, it, I mean, she looks gorgeous. He looks gorgeous. But it's like the most covered, beige color. Covered in beige. <laughs> covered in beige. It is the beige. That's in why beige. I kept saying, I'm like, I don't want to watch the Pelican Brief. I'm not a John Grisham fan. Mm-hmm. And I don't. It, this was John Grisham, right? Yeah, yeah. I okay. read every Grisham book in the 90s. Well, okay. 
Why? Because they were really entertaining. They were very gripping. They got they were dense. Like you had to try and keep straight a lot of shit. Like trying to read the firm as opposed to watching the firm. Like oh wow. yeah, you had to keep a lot of shit in your head. You know, but he, he you- simplifies it enough. And I'm, not, not, I'm saying it's I'm saying there's a lot of characters. Not that it's super smart or anything. You know? No, well, no. He like, does get into I, jargon occasionally, which is kind of uh, can be kind yeah. of rough, but. Well, and I, I always think back about the um, the little sketch, uh, you know, because if you watch Mystery Science Theater 3000, you know that they do little sketches in between things. And there's one called Space Mutiny, this movie that they did. And in one of the sketches, Mike is at the at the, the counter and he's reading the Pelican Brief. And that's the first thing that came in my head was was that shot of him reading the Pelican Brief. And Crow comes in dressed like a Valerian, <laughs> which is one of the dancer aliens. <laughs> And he's like, I, I, I'm, I'm a Valerian now. I'm a Valerian. And he's like, all right, then you are a, a Valerian. And that that was more entertaining to me than this movie was. But I mean, obviously, it's it's Mystery Science Theater. But um, but this movie, I want to say at, at, at the four, mm-hmm. it wasn't terrible. No. Like, not, I, don't, I didn't find myself bored. Let's, let's tell the plot here. Uh, Julia okay. Roberts is a law student at Tulane. She's sleeping with her professor uh, by Sam Shepard. Uh, I, I, you know, you know, she called him daddy in bed. You know, that. you know, she, you, know. you know, she did. But I mean, and their, just just in their vanilla, you know, missionary sex. Oh. <laughs> what, 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 okay, so here's the thing. Something that I think everyone wants to know about me is that I am often attracted to older men. Yeah. But for some reason, this put me off. Like, I was like, but, yeah, I, I think I'm going to stick with my age. I think I'm going to, because wow. this just didn't look right. I have this I, didn't look right. I've only ever heard of women fawning over Sam Shepard. And, and, and it's not that he's a, he, he's a, he's a good looking guy. Don't get me wrong. But, um, I, he's not, I, he's I, not I, Gary Oldman, I guess. He's still with, <laughs> with gold <laughs> teeth and a fucking face tattoo. <laughs> Look, he was hot in that film. I don't care what you say. Gary Oldman's always going to be hot. He always is. He's just, he, I, I'm going to call him daddy. I'm going to call him daddy. True romance Gary Oldman is just oh, blows the most my re- mind. The most repugnant character. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> but, and there I was going, yeah, he's got longer hair. I'm, I'm into that. I'm into that. <laughs> just, just Amy having an open therapy session during our podcast. <laughs> Well, okay, but okay, let's 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 put them side by side. Gary Oldman in True Romance, and then Sam Shepard in Pelican Brief. Okay, let's face it. I mean, Sam Shepard was covered in denim in this film. Just just denim head to toe. I know it was the early nineties. I understand. It doesn't make it right. Don't forget the corduroy jackets, though. Oh, God. with the elbow patches, yeah, <laughs> suede elbow I patches. Mean- yeah, yeah, Gary Gary Oldman's character, he stole your car and he cleaned out your bank account <laughs> and he hooked your grandmother on drugs, but I'm saying <laughs> that's a little bit more exciting than a than a drunken law professor. I get well, it. I get it. I think I think the alcoholism put me off on Sam Shepard. I've got enough of that in my own life. I don't need that from a character. You know, so, I, I don't. Dar- Darby Shaw, uh, Julia Roberts' character, uh, this comes that we we're learning about them in the wake of the murder of two Supreme Court justices, a conservative and a liberal have been murdered. Uh, and Darby Shaw develops a theory that comes to be called the Pelican Brief, a theory as to why both of these two judges were killed. 
Uh, <laughs> the first scene in this movie is absolutely hysterical. And it's the most <laughs> 90s thing you've ever seen in your life. It's outside the Supreme Court. Uh, Denzel Washington is sitting with the Supreme Court justice played by Hume Cronin, who is perfect as a Supreme Court justice because he's fucking ancient. He's pickled. <laughs> he's, got God, <laughs> he's got God on speed dial, just like, okay, I'm ready. Like, <laughs> this guy, I thought he was going to die in that first scene. I was just waiting for that. He's breath from death. <laughs> so why you need to, why do you need to shoot him? I don't know. A, a, a light breeze might take this guy down. <laughs> The man was already death rattling from the first second of the film. Come on. Most of his body is already stiffened from, from rigor mortis. It's like. <laughs> what the fuck? You know what? We're, we're just, we're horrible human beings because we're also going to get older one day. And we're going to look back and go, God, what an asshole. Oh, please. <laughs> you know? between, between your drinking and cigarettes and my diet, I don't think we're going that long. Uh, you know, I, I think I think that was was that was that Hicks that said that 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 said you know those the, or was it Leary who lifted Hicks that said those are the, those are the years you don't want anyway. So that's fine. I I still told MJ I'm like I just give me a Viking burial and if I if I'm not even dead just throw me on something and set me on fire just put me out there. I'm, I'm not giving anything back to the community at this point. So. But I mean, he is. But Hume Cronin is the identity of the modern Supreme Court, is he not? Just a group Absolutely. of people just barely clinging to life and deciding Between the rules for the rest of us. That and an American Congress. I mean, they're, they're all <laughs> either they're a hundred or they're you know you know forty and pickled and you know blonde <laughs> or brunette and dumb. You know, either way. Yeah, but like you know, yeah. yeah. But but see the old men love that and those those younger women love to flirt with those old guys you know that are very <laughs> right. wrinkly so but uh, that's my like Hume Cronin being super super fucking old it's is just, not even yeah, the funniest part of the it's scene not. because outside the Supreme Court everyone is protesting everything <laughs> every protest is happening at once like there's there's somebody demanding a cure for aids there's people you know protesting the nra there are people who want the era to be passed like they're all outside the fucking supreme court people, people out there demanding hamburger helper over <laughs> over hamburger partner <laughs> It's yeah, it's regular Bud versus Bud Light. Like it's a whole, <laughs> it's a whole thing. <clears throat> all of the protests are happening. Oh, it, it feels like now, like like the world ending and everybody's just protesting everything. That's Twitter. Just, Twitter just showed up and parked itself outside the Supreme Court. It's chaos and it's beautiful. It's fucking beautiful. <laughs> but we're like we're trying to read all the signs. And we're like, what protest is this? <laughs> <laughs> Why is there not? Why is there not one specific protest? They're just. I brought. I brought fifteen signs. I'm going to use all of them. <laughs> I'm going to use them all. Fuck yeah! I'm going to use them all. <laughs> I think that was one of the times that MJ looked up and MJ was like, "So okay, yeah, get rid of AIDS, but what about the dogs? Like what?" <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, keep no passing. animal testing is out <laughs> yeah, <there> somewhere. Like. <laughs> Demand vodka now. I mean, there's there's just so many signs. No, none of them made any sense. Ford Regardless, Ferrari for some reason. I don't know. 
Wait. Someone's holding up a picture of their granddaughter. <laughs> <laughs> it's your birthday today. <laughs> it's like all the people outside of the Today Show. That's what this looked like. <laughs> it's a nineteen. It's a nineteen ninety eight episode of Monday Night Raw. You just look out, you see nothing but fucking signs. John three sixteen. <laughs> next to handgun reform now. <laughs> Rainbow Man was there. <laughs> kind of rainbow wig. Larry Bud Melman's out there interviewing the audience. <laughs> He's just interviewing everybody. Ba- baby Jordan Klepper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would love that. God damn it. That'd be fucking great. Uh, oh, shit. Anyway, yeah. So there's, yeah. <laughs> that's the best scene. <laughs> so Darby writes a brief. About yeah. what who, about her theory about who killed the Supreme Court justices? She she gives it to her uh, boyfriend professor, who gives it to a guy in the FBI played by John Hurd. He kicks it up the chain, and suddenly, oh, this is an actual real theory. And hey, this may actually be what happened. Uh, <sighs> meanwhile, Denzel Washington is, of course, uh, he's a Washington Post reporter, and he's uh, investigating the assassinations as well. He was close to the Hume Cronin character, and. You know, wants to figure out who did this. He's got to <laughs> stop that. Uh, <laughs> he's he's trying to figure out. He's got somebody who's he's got an insider who's trying to give him information, maybe. Uh, and so he's pursuing that. And him and Darby Shaw will eventually come together because her theory is correct, and his theory is kind of correct, and they'll you know bond. But the the notable thing here is that. <laughs> I said in the introduction, the brother-sister vibe of Denzel Washington and Julia Roberts. How do two two people be so attractive and so asexual at once? It, but it it, it just was like <laughs> it, it just was. There's just no it, denying it. I <laughs> because you'd think, yeah, again, you got these two gorgeous leads. Yeah, you'd think that there's going to be some sort of romance there, and again, the height I, of their beauty, like the height yes. of their beauty. Oh my god, and 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 and. At the same time, I was really pleasantly surprised that they didn't take that route. I was mm-hmm. I, I was happy about that because we have way too many fucking movies like that where she's just like, she's attractive, he's attractive, they're attracted to each other, they get together in the end. It thank God it didn't take that route because we don't need a love story in this. It's 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 well, yeah, no, First of all, yes, no, a romance would make no sense. Literally, her no. boyfriend, the professor, has just died. If she falls in bed then with with Gray Grantham from the Washington Post, I it just doesn't feel right, right? No. No. I was watching this stupid YouTube video that was talking about <laughs> this movie and talking about the 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 Denzel Washington uh Julia Roberts thing and they're like well Denzel said he refused or Julia Roberts says that Denzel refused to kiss her in the movie and I don't know if she actually said that or not maybe she did but maybe it was just that Denzel was the one who read the script and thought you know that would be kind of a dumb thing to do in a movie like (laughs) this because this movie takes place over the fucking course of five fucking days like she went from five Five days, like you start the clock when her boyfriend is literally bro- blown up in front of her to the time that they crack the case. It's like five fucking days. <laughs> but it, it felt like it was stretched out longer than that. It, I, it, it probably because of the movie length. But it just it and it just it, it, the anxiety just kept heightening and heightening. Mm. And my god, she's on the fucking run. She's just I don't know what the fuck to do. Well, immediately, like the, the, as soon as pe- people figure out who she is, they're trying to kill her. Like there's a they immediately get. Uh, <laughs> Uh, 
<laughs> Stanley Tucci playing? He was playing. <laughs> Stanley Tucci oh, is the world's greatest assassin, and he's playing that guy with the with the hair that you can move from his face to his head to his <laughs> Willy to his Willy to his head. Wooly Willy. He played Wooly Willy. <laughs> Because every scene, like Stanley Tucci's hair would go from his from his chin to his head to his back to his chin to like, he's got he's bald but he's that he's not bald and he's got a mustache. He's got a Lincoln beard at one point. I mean, like we don't know. <laughs> yeah, that all happens. Oh yeah, it, it does. Hire him to to kill her to to take her out because I guess they assume that you know people will believe a. Tulane college student solved the greatest period two assassinations in history. Can can we can we talk for a moment about so Stanley Tucci again? He's he's just a dark dude, and you know he goes around just murdering people because he's he's been tasked with these murders. Yeah, and the one in the fucking movie theater with the rope around his and the dirtiest fucking box of popcorn. So he's like wearing like a rope belt. (laughs) Into this gay porn place where he's gonna kill this guy, and he he slowly pulls that rope belt out, then he slips it around a guy's neck. But it's the dirty popcorn box that none of us <laughs> get. Oh my god! Why was the popcorn box? He's got this popcorn box, right? And it's so dirty. Why? Where it's did you so- get this from? Where did you fucking get this popcorn box from? <laughs> and he had one kernel of popcorn, and just one. Ate it. Well, yeah. Who put the popcorn in it? It's so gross. <laughs> who put popcorn in this? Well, I just want to know who's going to a you know a, a porn theater asking for popcorn. I mean, it doesn't. So I'm going to enjoy myself. I really am going to enjoy myself. <laughs> I need a snack to jerk <laughs> off to. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I at first I thought when he said it right in his lap, I'm like, oh, I know he's he's gonna go in for a little uh, <laughs> and tussle, but then he doesn't. He just has one bite of one popcorn kernel, and then he takes off his belt, and I'm like, oh, this, yep, yep. And then no, it it, it, it this didn't go any way that I thought it was gonna go. <laughs> It's not a bad cover, like, for a killing. You know, (laughs) like, he is undercover committing a murder. He does. He looks like he he might molest you in this movie. (laughs) He he has that look. He just does. He got away with it. And then, didn't he do, um, what was it, the one uh, later on with with Mark Wahlberg, the the Bones, the... um... (laughs) Oh, yeah, the Lovely Bones, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! Only pedo in that movie, yeah. Fuck, and he was terrifying in that movie. And that's a fantastic movie. I love that movie. I I love that movie too. Not, not you know, to enjoy somebody's murder by any means, but it was a great (laughs) fucking movie. Um, Wonderful book too, if you ever get a chance to read the book. But, um, but he just—I mean, I'm looking at pictures from him in the Pelican Brief with that dumb fucking hat on and those glasses. He's going to touch you, and you need to point to a doll once after you meet him. I mean, it's like this is this is where he he touched me. He was yeah. so terrifying in this, absolutely terrifying. And what did he do? With, you've got Stanley Tucci. You just kind of darken his skin, and suddenly he's like a Middle Eastern terrorist. So cool. Yeah, I, I didn't appreciate nice, the, nice the subtle racism. Well 
Well done with your super subtle racism. It just, it just, it, it, it just, it, it's peak nineties. It's supposed to be Carlos the Jackal, like the legendary Carlos the Jackal, which I don't know what his ethnicity was. Carlos the Jackal, I don't I have no idea. <laughs> well, this and his accent, like you were making him vaguely mid- Middle Eastern. Yeah, yeah. I just noticed that uh, IMDb gave this six uh, six point six out of ten. So yeah, this obviously wasn't uh, anyone's favorite. <laughs> By any means. This isn't a bad movie, though. It's not. It's really not. It's not a bad movie. It moves really well. Uh, both yeah. Denzel and Julia are very believable. Jer- Julia is extraordinarily sympathetic, and mm-hmm. uh, Denzel is very authori- authoritative. Like, you know, you believe him as a as a reporter, a guy with uh, good, strong instincts. I, I, did, I did feel, though, that Julia, in the beginning of it, it felt mm-hmm. very... Um, it was a very dry performance. I wasn't like, she always gives me those characters that, yeah. you know, you, you can kind of bite into this one. It took a while to get there. It was very wilting flower of her. Very. It, and in the not early nineties loved that kind of, uh, female character. It's like, we don't want to make her seem too capable too early, on, early on, you know, we want right. her to, she needs somewhere to go. She can't start it capable. She has to be just as show capable throughout. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, oh, and everybody, don't forget, Tony Goldwyn plays Tony Goldwyn in this movie. <laughs> it's the Tony Goldwyn. <laughs> We've written the perfect douchebag. Is Tony Goldwyn available? Yes, I am. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for thinking of me. <laughs> well, of course uh, we thought of you, Tony. We were, we were thinking of you before we wrote the character. <laughs> We saw you and we thought, that's, yeah, write that guy. Grisham's like, you know who would be good for this? Tony Goldwyn. I wonder if I could get my dream casting on this one. Robert Culp playing the the president, which I think he did a great job. Oh, yeah. He's very, very, uh, very H.W. Bush. Like, yes. (laughs) A little bit, a little bit, a little bit scary, a little bit out of his depth, you know. Yes. Yes. Definitely. And then we got John. He's a guy. He is a guy who got called a wimp while he was in office. <laughs> <laughs> he loved his dogs. God bless uh, him. He loved his dogs. Yeah. But didn't that? Maybe that was just me. But I, I found myself endeared to him because of that. Like he wanted to be a good, a good dude, but not a great president. You know, like he he, he wanted he to not be caught. Yeah. <laughs> But he liked dogs. <laughs> so then they you're like, yeah. That's the only criteria for good people, Amy. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's true. <laughs> you need a better criteria than just that. <laughs> Look, they wrote a movie called Must Love Dogs. That that, that must tell us something. <laughs> that piece of that shit. But anyway. He's <laughs> fucking brutal. <laughs> we have baby Cynthia Nixon in this. Oh yeah, she's playing she Alice. Alice. Yeah, yeah. Alice. And Julia uh, you know, her name uh, to hide with, <laughs> right? To get her killed. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't mind, right? <laughs> <laughs> you don't mind if I get killed, do you? You're, you're cool. Rock on. And then we we have those like those nondescript characters that are all like the assassins, and they all <laughs> look like. Um, uh, La Poubelle from from Gross Point Blank to me. Like every time they have that very kind of buttery clay skin, and <laughs> menacing faces. They're all short, you know. Well, we neglected to mention something important about Tony Goldwyn. Yeah. Do you remember his character's name? 
Tony Goldwyn. <laughs> or or he could have been known as Fletcher Cole. Oh. <laughs> Like, yeah. Why don't, you just, why don't you just name it villain? Why don't you just call him villain? <laughs> Give me like a little twisty mustache. <laughs> and a- You've already named him Fletcher Cole. I mean, <laughs> this is our villain, Fletcher, Fletcher Cole. <laughs> no, he's just villain. Villain number one. Just leave it at that. <laughs> just call him Tony Goldwyn. Just leave him. Leave him there. <laughs> how, Tony, how do you sweat on command? <laughs> I'll show you. <laughs> I'm Tony Golden. Oil. <laughs> um, I also, I, I'm as just because we're naming off the cast. John Lithgow's in this just briefly, and I love him. Terrific I love him, for him too. He plays the he plays the editor of the Washington Post, Gary Grantham's yep. uh, boss, and yeah, he's he's really he's really on top of things. Uh, he really feels like an editor. He's got the editor suspenders on. Mm, he does. He does. But, all, all, all Washington Post editors have to have suspenders. There, there is something about him though. At any time when he plays any role, he, he's just one of those actors that he just he fills it so well. Even if it's just a small part, because this was not a sizable role. And and to me, Lithgow's just he's just a giant, and I I, I really love him and anything I see him in. So it, that that was a good joy to see him come on screen because also, I just think he does he's everything. Also the opposite of, he's, an, he's the opposite of a Tony Goldwyn because like yes. John Lithgow can do anything. You can put him in any role and it works whether he's like a, a, a serial killer with two personalities and racing pain. <laughs> yes. Or like, the, or like the bad guy in Ricochet or he's the dad with dementia in Planet of the Apes, which is oh my fantastic God, yeah. movie. Like, Winston Churchill in The Crown. He's fantastic. I mean, remember what he played? Uh, a, 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 is it, was it a drag queen in World According to Garp? Yes, he was. Oh my god! Or was he trying? Was he trying to become a woman? I, I actually was he. Wasn't he a trans character? He might be. Yeah, I'm not sure. But it was. But he got. Uh, he got an Oscar nomination for that. Oh, just so fucking good. And I mean, we, we, we all just apologize for Harry and the Hendersons, and we move on. <laughs> Everybody's got to pick up a paycheck once a while. <laughs> That's true. And it was the it was the eighties. You know, you did whatever the fuck you wanted back then. So, yeah, he, <laughs> he, he, he I, just, I just love him. I love him. Love him. Love him. You know, again, we we have a great cast. Tony Goldwyn, yeah. even as well. And we just have a great cast. We've got an amazing director too. I mean, Alan J. Pacula directed Clute, which is one of the greatest movies oh, ever made. Fuck, if you've never no. seen Clute. Clute is one of the greatest films I've ever seen. Uh, Jane Fonda, Donald Sutherland, absolutely incredible film. Wait, is that is that the one where he, he jacuzzes or no? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, Juliet, Jane Fonda is uh, just, oh, she's so good. I can't even, I don't even want to. Yeah. I need to watch it because I've never seen it. And it's one of those that has been on my list for ages. So yeah, I, I need to get to that one for sure. That and movie I love blew me away, and oh, and okay. you know, just Pacula is a, a fucking genius. He could live off of that, but he also directed all the President's Men. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, he's he is fantastic, isn't he? Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Abs- and 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 worked with some of the finest actors of all time. Easily. Now, I, I watched a video prior to the podcast about 
And this video just pissed me off over and over again. This guy was talking about, he was accusing the movie of having these plot holes. So he's talking about, early on, uh, Darby Shaw makes this big mistake in his mind, that Gavin Verheek, played by John Hurd, uh, is a, a friend of, a friend of uh, her, her boyfriend, the professor, Right. Uh, he calls her and says, you know, hey, let me give let me send a couple agents to you and pick you up and bring you in and keep you safe. She thinks that the FBI could be in on this. So she says no. And the guy goes, oh, plot hole. Why don't just do that? Then you could be safe. <laughs> Idiot. Moron. She thinks the FBI is in on it. Why would she go with that guy? She doesn't know him. Right. Be, and when she meets Gavin <clears throat> It's not even him. By that point, Stanley Tucci has killed him and replaced him and is going to kill her. So she was kind uh, of not getting involved with him. Yeah, and, and what kind of dignity do you go out in when you're just wearing a towel getting shot in the hotel <laughs> oh, room? Poor John Hurd. Oh, his dad, but we, we saw so much of John Hurd in this movie <laughs> that I wasn't prepared for. And he's a handsome guy, but... He wears the dad bod with confidence. He does. Come here, come here. Except come when here. he's staring at the mirror and like playing with his stomach, trying to suck it in. <laughs> Which actually, I loved that. I thought, you know, it was charming. Know, like, it was charming. Yeah, because yeah. he's like, you know, I'm going to meet this girl. She might even but like the, me. So this guy goes on about plot holes and he says the second plot hole is Julia Roberts getting saved from Stanley Tucci's assassin. And again, they set it up early on in the movie. The FBI knows where Darby is. They're following her. They show you the two agents that are following her. Uh, that, yeah. and, and the one who kills the, the terrorist, Tucci, is one of the CIA agents. It makes right. perfect sense they, that they saved her at that moment. Because the CIA Absolutely. doesn't know which way this is going, and they're keeping an eye on it. Like, that is Absolutely. not a pothole. I'm sorry. Pay attention. No. Watch the actual movie before you make your fucking video, dude. <laughs> I'm not going to name him. I don't want to. I don't want to name him for anything. I'm not going to. We're not going to call him out. Video out there. I'm just saying that the guy didn't watch the fucking movie because <laughs> it's all there. I, I, well, I'm not saying this is a perfect movie. I'm saying that it made sense what happened. Do you suppose maybe he didn't understand the chain of command or no? I just, just think he openly, willfully missed a couple of important plot points because he wanted to. Because his thesis statement was about her making a, making bad choices. Well, maybe, you know, like most people who watch <laughs> The Pelican Brief when it came out on HBO or Cinemax, they were doing laundry. And they looked away <laughs> for a minute. You know? I mean, because it, it does have those moments where you're like, I'm just going to look at my phone real quick. You know, it's, it's not that it's not <laughs> engaging. Or like MJ, you're, just, you're playing a game the entire time. Well, when you have a Nintendo Switch, <laughs> which would you rather do? And and to, and to be honest, yeah, if I had one, I'd probably be playing that too. But I, I still felt I, I, I felt like I, I still was part of this film. I like I was enjoying it as it was going on. Um, not my favorite again. Not one that I will watch again. Mm -hmm. But I enjoyed the performances. Um, I, wonder, I wonder what the Denzel. And Julia dynamic, they they're fine. Like they're fine together. They have enough friendly chemistry. But I wonder if they just became such good friends making yeah. the movie that they didn't weren't able to translate that to the movie because I don't felt because I just didn't feel like they had much of a of a connection to the point where like they had almost anti chemistry to me in and especially when it comes to the idea of them being romantic. 
Right. Well, and I, I remember seeing a, a red carpet where they bumped into each other and they, they hugged and they're like, oh my God, like they were so excited to see each other. And um, she's like, yeah, I called in the other day. Like you could tell like they're good. They're really good friends. Yeah. They will always be really good friends. I just, that popped in my head when we were watching it. Cause I thought, oh, okay. That does kind of make sense that they're, they're, they're buddies, but it, yeah, like it, anti-chemistry, especially as we get closer to the end of the film, it, she sees him as kind of a protector, mm-hmm. you know, especially like that. There's a hotel room scene. She does seem like she is so much younger than him, too. Yes, yes. Which I don't know the difference between Denzel and, and Julia in real life. I know she was like 20. She was 20, 23 when she made the movie. 23? Yeah, okay. 23 or 24, yeah. I mean, I don't actually, know how the age difference was, but he seems like too old for her on top of it not that i mean she's already not that she's not into that because clearly <laughs> she is. she's that's not an issue year old fucking professor <laughs> yeah that first the opening scene like uh, with with her in that class and i'm like they're fucking no you know, no you, you just no. Knew it. well and, and then and then you find out that they were and i was like oh that's disappointing <laughs> i didn't want that for her but again like in the 90s we we, we and I, that's where that trope was it was always like the young gorgeous girl and the older kind of haggard dude you mm. know he not really haggard but like you know he's yeah, he's but, seen so a lot about, we're talking about the era where like you know, Catherine Zeta Jones is being cast as Sean Connery's love interest, that kind of era. Right. Ew, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Did that all Ew. the time back then. Oh, God. All I forgot the fucking about that. time. Yeah. Oh, it was rampant. And then people wonder why we made so much fun of it. And now why we have such strong feelings about people with such huge age gaps, such May, December kind of things, because. It's weird when you think back, like somebody could have been like 13 when you were 25 and then they make a movie together how later do you on. do it? Like, how do you do that? I don't you're understand. Asking, you're asking the wrong like, person. <laughs> like, what I, because I, I, I love MJ, but like, I, we don't have the same thing, thought process. We're not from the same generation. We don't relate to the same things in the same way. Right. And I feel like I would not be able to relate to someone in a rom- who was that much younger than me in a romantic situation. Like that would just what what the fuck are you talking about every day? <laughs> you can't relate to the same thing. Well, you know, uh, coming from somebody who's been in that kind of a situation, usually it's because, like in my situation, I've always been into things that were out that were popular long before I was even alive, mm-hmm. and so I knew all that. Mom, mom, our mom gave me so many tools like laughing and uh you know we think back to like singing in the rain like i i knew all of those things as a little kid i was calling the you know skate park the roller rink and my friends were laughing at me because i was using the words that she was using that she would have said so i think that's why i i always felt like i was more and i always wanted to hang out with the adults when i was a little kid i wanted to be in the room when they were cursing and smoking and i think that's why i became the hag that i am now um but you know it's 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 more of a i think if you just get each other but at the same time i i don't really know how that can be now because everything is so what's the word so divisive but and i don't i don't condone it because trust me when you're in those relationships they're horrible maybe um I'm and they end more, badly. maybe i'm just saying more about myself that i just i, I can only talk about things from my childhood yeah, well, that's 
That's exactly what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) Regardless, it's not a good thing. And I hope we see less of that moving forward. Well, yeah, I think we've definitely seen a lot less of that. Right. Although, again, this goes back to the whole daddy thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. I mean, clearly, the relationship. Darby Shaw clearly didn't have a father. Um, no. She was definitely somebody who did not have a dad. We've got daddy issues. Like, big time. Again, there again, like, how weird is that relationship where you have to take somebody home to your parents and introduce your dad to a guy who is his, like, his age like who relates to him better than you do (laughs) (laughs) they went to school together (laughs) what's that line in the danny and drew thing that they were talking about (laughs) hard the rock nick (laughs) (laughs) i'm older than him i'm the same age as you man (laughs) yeah such a weird it's so weird to me it's so weird. it is weird it is there's there's don't, really i, mean, I, don't I can't talk about your dad <laughs> so weird it was really easy for me to fall in love with my dad's best friend because <laughs> my dad didn't give me any attention as a kid <laughs> but his friend did oh! Oh! <laughs> dating somebody 30 years older than you is just you might as well just just go to therapy Or ask for an allowance. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. You're grounded. Your wife. (laughs) We're we are horrible people. (laughs) I'm sorry. We we shouldn't kink shame. No, 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 (laughs) no. It's a kink. It's a kink. (laughs) You do you. You literally do you. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, I, I, did see, I sent this to you and MJ, though, in our chat. I, I saw a tweet where somebody said uh, it, the new hotness for this year is to get rid of the word daddy and just use the word captain. <laughs> I saw <laughs> It's like, yes, that is the, like, if you call me, if a woman calls me captain in bed, I'm like, hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Or if I call her, if I call her captain. Like, I, fine. That's the dynamic we're going with. It's fine. It's much better than daddy or mommy. That's so oh, weird to me. Because somebody's helming the ship as opposed to... <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> that plus, I just... I couldn't stop thinking of, the, of, that, uh, of that classic literature phrase. Oh, captain, my captain. Oh, captain, my captain. My captain. Oh, God. Look, if I don't find my husband through this podcast, I'm going to be very disappointed. Just so you can enact that? That's all I want. I, I, I want to pin ribbons on somebody and give them a, a sharp hat. That's, that's all I want. I want to helm a ship is what I'm saying. You're a, oh, you're that's a big enough. fan. You're a big fan of the actor Paul Rudd, are you not? I, as you well know, it's it's a good... 28 years of being one of the biggest fans of Paul Rudd ever. But did you yes. know that he named his daughter Darby after this movie? I did not realize Darby after this movie, nay. Uh, I thought he named it because uh, there was a, an Irish uh, thing in there. With Darby O'Gill and the Little People? Well, that was my hope, actually. <laughs> but 
You know I hate that fucking movie, so, you know. I, I, no, no joke. Like, I know that movie is supposed to be, like, wholesome or whatever. Scared the shit out of me when I was a little kid. You were my, you and I Scared watching that movie. Scared the fucking hell out of me, dude. That fucking Banshee and all that shit. Fuck you, Sean is Connery. All those little people and that old guy. Oh, and like, oh my God, no. No, no. And I'm not saying no, little people in terms, of, in terms of actual, like, little people. I'm talking, these were tiny, tiny little people. These were... Yes, actual, actual like miniature, like Smurf sized people is what we're talking about. This, see, I had this conversation at work the other day too. We were talking about this movie, and then we're like, remember how those the, those movies that they said were for kids, and then our parents showed them to us, and we were like, why were we traumatized? <laughs> like Watership Down, fucking Watership Down, The Rats of Nim. I mean, come on, these children were- should not be watching these. No, no. The, those movies were none of our business. No. We had no right to watch those. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, now, so, now we sound like one of those TikToks, though. We're like, the night kids agree, Gen X kids are so much tougher because we did the fuck off. <laughs> if I hear one more person talk about drinking out of the fucking hose, I'm going to fucking scream. Go get ah! a glass. Get a glass. Go get a glass. I was going to say, because you and I, we never <laughs> did that. Like, we, we just went inside and got I something mean, to I, drink. I might have. I don't know, but I. We didn't drink out. No, you never drank out of a fucking nose. That thing would burn your fucking mouth off. No. Anyone who said that they did, it was because their parents weren't there. They were inside smoking weed. I was the hose drinking outside playing. No computer have it. Fuck off. Fuck Uh, off and die. Street lights. We didn't go home until the street lights came on. Fuck off. Fuck off. My God. <laughs> Some of us had, had, had to go inside because we just wanted to go inside and watch fucking MTV. We didn't give a shit about playing outside. Hey, you know what? If anybody starts, kids, if anybody starts talking to you like that, just go play Baldur's Gate. Just go play yep. Baldur's Gate. Tell them to yep. go fuck themselves and go play Baldur's Gate. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you, they you, not, you tell they're them. They're not better than you. No. 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 I mean, yes, it, it was traumatic. Yes, I'm still dealing with the pain of growing up. But guess what? Everyone will. Everyone will this have is, some sort of torture. This is fast becoming, though, our generation's cringe. Is our is uh, our people, our Gen Xers who keep going on about this shit, about why we're so tough. We were tough. We we're sarcastic. That's yeah. how we dealt with everything. We have no ability to take things seriously. And that develops into severe emotional problems in which we don't know what's real or what isn't. That's what we are. That's what tough. we are. That's, we, just, that's- we have a veneer that is just, just near cracking at all times. <laughs> it can't tell the difference between a genuine emotion and something we're making fun of. Yep. It's, it's a fucking shield. That's why we all cry when Matt Perry died. Because that, to us... That was our God. Oh, God, yeah. That was, you know, it, it, that's because that's how we dealt with everything. And it was so much yeah. easier. And I you know telling, what? I, I was telling Jeff uh, on the other podcast, we were talking about Wonk, Willy Wonka, Willy Wonka yeah. and the Chocolate Factory, Gene, Gene Wilder's version. And I think he's the keystone. He is where we developed who we are today. Because that's like the inability oh. to take anything seriously. The ability to Easily. watch children seemingly die in front of you and be like no stop don't <laughs> that's us that's our generation that, that's that's another film that is not for children by the way the original no, it's, Willy Wonka. <laughs> it's 
it's it's but not. Yeah, he, he led happy. to Chandler and The Simpsons, and of course, the greatest line in the history of television. Are you being sarcastic, dude? I um, don't even no. know. <laughs> like that right there, hit, that line hits me so hard. Every like I remember he the first time gay. that that episode when it first aired, and you and I watch. I will never forget us. Like just it, it, that it was a gut punch. <laughs> It was too real and, and too real. I, too real. <laughs> Who am I? I, what I, I, to, I? I wanted to tap out. I wanted to there was so much <laughs> I was in so much pain I wanted to tap out. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> God damn it. Oh shit. Anyway, the Pelican Brief <laughs> <laughs> was going on when we were going through all of these issues. It's in the upper end of 1993 movies because this is the worst year of film in history. Like bar, bar none. There's yeah. no question. This is the worst. No. We're gonna get to this next week when we do our best our, our year end review uh, and and talk only about how great parody movies are. Oh God! And boy, howdy! Because of what we got. We needed those fucking parody movies. Like we, that, that was the Definitely. palette cleanser. Yeah, because everything Good else just—I mean, other than the fugitive in this, like, yeah. <laughs> oh I mean, the, my the god! Firm. Like this and the firm are not bad movies, right? No, I know, but they—but they definitely weren't favorites. No, they're not Oscar movies, and the, but the Oscar movies are the fucking remains of the day. So. <laughs> And and a movie about the Holocaust that will go unnamed. <laughs> I'm not. I am not laughing at that movie. I'm laughing no, at the fact we that we never is... laugh at that. No, it's just there's no way we could talk about it on this show as Absolutely we've already demonstrated. Not. And, and yeah, I mean, if you listen to us, there would be no fucking way. It would be. Fiero would back out. The, oh, Fiero would oh. back out if we tried to talk about that movie. Fiero would tell us to fuck off so hard. You're good pro oh now would God. say, like, don't ever mention me on your show again. Yeah, Let's and, and you that. you know Fierro means business if they're telling you that you can't have their, their business. So, I mean, <laughs> my God. So, I mean, if, overall, you know, I think one of the things I want to touch on was that, that fucking ending of this movie. Mm-hmm. So we ship Julia Roberts off where she can go off and kind of live a life of anonymity after a horrible, horrible time that is... Probably, you could feel the trauma. She solved the assassination of two Supreme Court justices at the yes. age of 23. Right. And did not even begin. Yeah. And, and and didn't even get to, to live a normal life of her 20s where she just goes out and just, you know, fucks and parties and have a, has a great time. No, she mm-hmm. she lived a life very, very quickly. But then we ship her off and... It's that last bit with the interview with Denzel's character. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's he, he's just talking about, you know, yeah, you know, we're not going to tell anybody where uh, was it was that like we're not telling anyone where, where Darby is or who she is or. Right. Um, but then we then we pan to uh, to to Julia and she's somewhere. What <laughs> is she in Italy? I don't know. Where she, I don't she's, she's of the Caribbean. Maybe. I don't know. Somewhere and and it's foreign and we're Americans and we don't we don't pay attention to shit. So she's just sitting there. She dyed her hair dark and she looks beautiful and she's got the Julia Roberts million dollar smile and the movie's over. Yeah, that's fucking it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why that irritated me so much. <laughs> 
it's, you know, again, we all know, everybody knows Julia Roberts. I don't care how old you are, but I mean, you know who she is, or you know somebody who knows who she is. <laughs> and we know, we know her rise to fame. What we're, what we're neglecting to remember is that she is a fantastic actress, mm. worth her salt, but we always relied on that face as opposed to, uh, to me, a more settling ending, which just would have been, you know, maybe not having her surrounded by flowers and her in linens. And <laughs> you, know what I mean? you know what I mean? Like, it just, that irritated me. It's like, oh, of course. We like, end on... like too much of a victory lap and like it should have yeah. ended the scene earlier, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Like we could have just ended with, you know what, something that would, that would really throw people off would be, you know, we see uh, the back of her head watching the TV and then like her turning it off. And then we just watch her kind of just go off and take a walk. Seriously, you, know, you would have you would, you would deny the world that Julia Roberts smile I, for this. Yes, it's <laughs> the Pelican Brief. Yeah, if I want to watch her smile, I'll just put on any other Julia Roberts movie that she smiles <laughs> in, like Flatliners. No, like, like Flatliners. <laughs> you know that heartwarming film about people trying to kill themselves to see what death is like. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> let's do that. Flatliners. You're welcome. Yeah, well, that at least that gave us Oliver Platt. That's all I'm saying, you know. But fuck. But you know what that smile reminded me of, Amy? What's that? It reminded me of of uh, of uh, Doctor Who and the toy maker who has a smile not unlike Julia Roberts. Oh, (laughs) well, listen to someone learn how to segue into that. (laughs) Been at this for a little while. You you Uh. you've been doing this just just a bit. My God! Okay, so we're we're here. We are. Neil, we've arrived at the at the Celestial Toymaker in uh, in its final role, final time as the Doctor. What was this episode called? The Giggle. The Giggle. Right. So it begins with the founding of television. The very first time a televised image has been transmitted. Stucky Bill. Uh, purchased at a <laughs> purchased at a toy store from the celestial toy maker who has has infested his giggle into into Stucky Bill. Yes, to uh, essentially like a time bomb that's going to go off as soon as the entire world is connected via Wi-Fi, which then happens and uh, people start uh, to go crazy. They think they're always right all the time. Uh, uh-huh. The world turns into Twitter. Uh, <laughs> Well said. <laughs> uh, there are the Doctor and Donna and Wilf from where they were in the last one. Uh, of course, Wilf is not really there, but he's there mm-hmm. in spirit. He's there in uh, spirit. And, uh, yeah, they've got to go to, they get captured by unit and taken in. And uh, they, you know, Kate Stewart uh, tells them what's going on, that uh, people are going crazy and she doesn't know how to fight the human race and, the doctor has to figure out what's going on. And of course he does because uh, Donna's brilliant. And then we got uh, <laughs> Matt Auntie Mel is there and she's going to help figure it out. It's all, it's all thing. Oh, it's, it's so great though, too, because you know, Mel, uh, 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 cause I, I went back and I, I watched every doctor and Mel was not my favorite assistant ever. She's nobody's favorite assistant from whatever. No. Well, okay. Uh, let me not, let me tell you why. Not levels of bad, but no, but but bad. And the, for the for for the reason why I t- I I really was turned off by her. She was introduced um, 
during five, uh, doctor number five, uh, Peter Davison. Um, and I didn't like her from, from that kind of, no, I'm sorry. Six during, uh, Colin Baker mm-hmm. and, um, Colin Baker, still not my favorite doctor. I have gone back and I have found episodes that I'm like, wow, he's really powerful in that. But she, she goes into Sylvester McCoy's era, which is probably one of my favorite Doctor Who eras, even though it was the last of the proper seasons. Um, and I just, she, with Colin Baker's doctor, she was like, she's one of these health nuts. Like, and back then, you have to remember, so this is like 86 and yeah. she's aerobicizing, jazzercising, and she's doing it in the TARDIS. <laughs> Does and she it have was so, long? Oh, but every, the whole the whole nine, Sean. <laughs> and she's trying to get the doctor to exercise, and you know, like because there was this huge craze. Like this was like during the Jane Fonda workout kind of era. Oh yeah, and it was really Richard fucking Simmons. annoying. Yes, so she was this really health conscious, and she would always talk about that. Super annoying. So then we get into Sylvester McCoy's era and they do some really great serials. So we have like Delta and the Bannerman is one of my favorite ones. And Mel's part of that. And we have this woman who is, it, she's an alien and she's, she's got this egg and it, it's a long story, but there's like, I think it's four, maybe two or four episodes where it's just Delta and the Bannerman. And it's got such a great, uh, resolution and Ray, who is everybody's favorite, who everybody thought was going to be the next assistant, but she, she wasn't, she was, she was Welsh. She was amazing. It was just a great series. And then she did a couple of other ones that I really liked. And then when they, when they left Mel, they left her, uh, in the hands of, and now I can, his name's not going to come to me. She even talked about him in, in this last yeah, episode. That, yeah. He died. Um, right? Yeah, yeah, and, and his, it starts with a G, and fuck, I can't remember, but it, it was it was, it was so cool that they... No, she got his bingo back, so that's not his name. Yeah, no, it's, it's um, oh, God, it's, it's, oh, any other day, like, when I heard her say it, I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, that's great, because his his spaceship looked kind of like a, a semi-truck. It was really cool, <laughs> um, but, they, but, but the doctor ended up leaving her with him and then because they met Ace. So Ace came on and then he took Ace off and then they went off and had their adventures. And Ace is fucking brilliant. And Ace was back uh, a prior season. So with uh, with Jody, which was awesome. Um, but but to see Mel, to see Bonnie Langford in here, I just it was exciting. And from what I understand, we're going to see a little bit more of her. Yeah, because she this, works a unit now. Which is so fucking cool. And and she was. She she put her mind to the matter. She, like, she was very much like Donna. Not as smart. Not as, not as like, because Donna is just naturally, she doesn't, she didn't never believed in herself. Donna didn't. And then when she started to realize, oh, I, I'm smart. I am. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a smart gal. Um, Mel was smart. Mel could figure things out with the doctor back then um, that the doctor didn't even see. And then he'd be like, oh, there it is. So I think this is a really great inclusion. I'm really glad, really happy to see her back just as a fan. So, mm. yeah. So, yeah, she she's back in this episode and she's got a very you know, big role to play uh, at mm-hmm. UNIT. Along with Donna, yeah. who gets a job at UNIT. <laughs> Two redheads. Woohoo! Yes. <laughs> yes. What is it with the doctor and redheads? That is a weird I don't know. Bring back Amy Pond. Give me all three. I'd be, I'd be thrilled. Amy Love Pond that. is in 1938, and she's not going anywhere. 
Well, I know, but still, wouldn't it be fun to have all three of them? All three together? Oh, my God. I, I have watched so much. I've watched, I binged every Amelia Pond episode. I in love like it. five days. <laughs> I, I I knew it when you when you sent the picture of you wearing the TARDIS Christmas sweater. I'm like, oh, he's he's going for it. He's going for it. I was just I I've always had a big crush on Karen Gillett, and I oh. couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. Well, and, then, and, and then not to the, mention you know, though, Eleven's a great you're, doctor. You're always triggered by uh, I don't want to go. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm triggered by uh, Raggedy Man. That's, like, oh. that's every time. Oh, that that you know what that would get uh mj fuzzy and me like every time we watch that i think back a few times and the minute that she's oh nope nope i'm going i'm going nope nope, 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 nope. <sighs> looking over and seeing mj just ball oh uh, yeah oh my god the, the raggedy man that the, the minute that that happens and then even with this this last episode Mm-hmm. Um, when we're 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 preparing to see David Tennant, what we think is just going to go away, and I'm looking over, and there's just tears coming down MJ's face. I'm like, "Yep, yep, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going." Yeah, so the, um, that's what plays out as we get to uh, we go through this episode where he's uh, you know trying to figure out this thing where all these people are fighting each other. The the, the toy maker has done all of this, and uh, <laughs> the toy maker then shows up a unit and dances to a Spice Girls song. Oh, which, Spice of Your Life, which is so fucking weird because I had that song in my head two days before that. If Doctor Who turns into a full-on musical, uh, <laughs> I think I'll be okay with it because they've been doing this thing lately. I won't spoil oh. it for you. Uh, <laughs> 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 fucking brilliant, but... Um, <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris, what what a powerhouse. Yeah, totally amazing. Just oh, I, I, amazing. Whether he's doing the... Uh, He's doing this, you know, that accent or the <laughs> the but, puppet show. Oh my god, the fucking puppet show! To start, yeah, you go. We we went through Amy, we went through Clara, we went through Bill, like you know, and they're well, all. That's all right then. Exactly. Oh my god, god. like the the look oh, on his oh. face. Holy shit! Yeah, because the doctor's Holy trying shit. to excuse what's happened, so he's playing puppets of all the doctors, many of the doctors' past companions, and the, then the flux. And and he's, and the doctor is kind of telling Donna like he's explaining like no they they're they they're fine they just live in the past or yeah they're fine they live in the last second of their life running around the universe right. like uh, and and he just follows it up with that line it's like oh god it's like fucking re-traumatizing the doctor over and over again well and and again you have to remember there was only one other episode with the toy maker and that was with the first doctor I never saw and- that. Yeah. So with that, he the doctor basically had to play a game, and that, that was that was the toy maker's only option for the doctor to be able to get to gain control back, so that the universe didn't fall apart. He's and, a he's a he's a god. He can do yeah, anything, right? And so whatever whatever the toy maker uh, whatever he wants to play with, which he loves playing with humans, he lo- they're his his toys. Um, so the fact that the doctor, our first doctor Hartnell, he won that very first game and that whole, that whole like series of episodes there, like it, that they, they were, uh, it, I still, the first doctor is not my favorite. They, they're very slow paced, but with the, the toy maker, that, they, that was a very good stretch of time. 
Mm-hmm. And the doctor was, you could tell, was genuinely afraid of this guy. And then what I love about Tennant is that he's so dedicated to uh, the whole Doctor Who world. He's seen them all. And that he, uh, looking at him, you could almost feel Hartnell kind of come through and you could see the fear in his eyes, which Ooh. we need to see that in the Doctor. We need to see that vulnerability. Yeah. And Tennant definitely had that during that, that, you know, we have to play this game. And then the fact that they do best out of three, which I think is great mm-hmm. because I, I th- you know, we, we, well, we obviously get a new doctor, but it's, it's the fact that we've got, I, again, I don't want to spoil it either, but it, we've got a couple of players that are for the good and the toy maker does not, does not expect that he will lose this time. Because he's, now, if you haven't seen it and you're listening to this show, we're going to spoil this. We're going to talk about the spoilers. We're going to talk true. about what happens. You know, that's true. That's yeah. what this show is for, is to talk about what happened. So well, tune out if somehow you haven't heard what happened with uh, Shooty's debut. By yeah. generation, the controversial phrase, uh, they, what happens is that the toy maker takes over uh, unit's biggest weapon, uh, the Graviton, and uses it to try and kill the Doctor because he wants to continue the game with the next Doctor because he knows he'll regenerate. But instead of regenerating, he bi-generates. That is mm-hmm. to say that he becomes two Doctors, himself mm-hmm. and Shooty's Doctor. And they're together uh, for a moment in the same body, and then they push apart, and they're two different Doctors, and they hug. And <laughs> I, I, I don't understand funny. the controversy. <laughs> I, I don't understand the controversy because for for I, I don't know maybe maybe it's just me and maybe it's a lot of tenants fans, but knowing that we already have a meta doctor out there with Rose in a in a parallel universe, we already have that meta doctor. Having said that, now we have two doctors out there, both with Tardises, and it, it to me it's like I love it because it means that Tenant can come back at any time and to me i'm sorry that's welcome that that is welcome i love every new doctor that's going to come in uh it doesn't matter who they are i i i loved i've loved every doctor except for colin baker a little bit um i think he's he's a good doctor but no matter who comes on i love the idea even if 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 david Tennant never returns i love the idea that he's still out there he's he you can still imagine him out there it, it to me that's i know it's not real but it's comforting <laughs> i can't describe it and the fact that he he can hang out with donna whenever he wants mm-hmm. and you know he could go off and visit martha if he wanted to and and go see where clara is on the tip of the last parts of her life you know like I mean, we are we are talking about a guy who 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 has spent portions of centuries just sitting and reading books yes waiting for things to happen like he's done this yes. before yes uh, and this guy needed because tenant like the the like tenant looks terrible, <laughs> which I know it's the character. Oh, it's the character. oh yeah, he did. He looked he's just, he run he's, down. He's gaunt. He's run down, and mm-hmm. uh, and so shooting points Donovan, out that we're doing therapy the wrong way. You know, we're, yes, we're, we're doing it out of order. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know he's a healthier, younger doctor simply because this guy took time to get well. And I, I liked how we prepared for our new doctor in a way that, you know, and again, it's like these people are just like, oh, doctor's woke now. Nope. Doctor's always been woke. 
Always. Go back to Tom Baker. Go back to to, to Pertwee. I'm telling you right now that, that there is there has never been a time where the doctor didn't believe that everyone mattered, that any kind of person can exist, and he's seen them all in every galaxy. And it, it, it's especially pleasing to me that we've got Nishuti, this new doctor. He's he's wonderful and and how, he's kind. How can people who lived through the Captain Jack era talk about this being a new thing? <laughs> Like, well, like suddenly the doctor, suddenly the doctor has all this weird sexuality. Like, I mean, fucking him and Eccleston were like vibing in a couple of different scenes. Like, come well, on now. I'm, I'm, again, I would go back to Pertwee because at the same time, I mean, this is a very dapper, very uh, bordering on Faye individual who, you know, would love you no matter who you are. Because and, he's an alien, and he, and like our and he, notion of binary sexuality doesn't exist to an alien. Exactly. It doesn't exist to an alien. Yes, and and to all the white men who just want a white doctor, <laughs> a white male doctor. <laughs> because I mean, you know, who after fucks after, women. Oh God. <laughs> I you know it is the one thing that I wish that Jody would have had a time with River Song. I just I just wanted a moment. <laughs> I wanted Alex and Jody together. It's like that would have been fantastic. But again, you know, the, that's look a, at River's that's, face. Because oh, <laughs> you know, River would have loved it, though. River would be like, "All right." I, I think she would have vibed with that. Oh well, and the great thing is that's why we have Big Finish doing these 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 um, audio books for everybody to enjoy. They can still go off on all these adventures. Jody and Alex could totally go do their own, and it would be hot. <laughs> It would be amazing. I would love to see Rose and Jody's doctor go off. Like, do whatever you want. This, <laughs> that's why this world is so expansive. It's why Russell T. Davies, it just him coming back and doing this, why he he does the stuff that he does. You have to admit, some of the most Im, Im, impossibly perfect episodes came from RTD's uh, show running. It just did. He had some of best, some of the best Steve Moffat written episodes. If if this is the mo- if this is the woke mind virus, then give me more. Give, give me, me more the woke mind. I want Just, the mo- the woke mind virus. It, is, right in my this vein. Is terrific. This is a bit yep. of ter- this is a terrific episode. It's been a terrific yes. run of episodes. Oh, I'm I, I'm thrilled. I cannot wait to get I, started I, on the new journey. I really can't. I did kind of recoil at the idea of not having a full on regeneration because I think that because I find those to be such emotional moments. You know, like yeah, like they're so memorable. Like Capaldi's speech at oh. the, when he regenerated, like is just fucking beautiful. And you know, uh, I guess like it opens up the universe to where like other you can do those multi doctor adventures. Perhaps someone was saying something about the Doctor Verse that they were, I guess, upset about. <laughs> Well, but I mean, okay, everybody knows the five doctors. Everybody's seen the three doctors before that. I mean, like, the all things are possible. They they could always write a way to make it happen. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't, you know what, to me, it's like, I, with, with this show, I don't give a fuck who runs it. As long as you give me adventures that I, I can feel good about, that can scare me a little bit, that can make me think. I don't care what you do as long as like for me, just as a completist, I would love I, for me. I, I, pr- I prefer callbacks to previous 
you know, fights, previous things, uh, previous assistance, previous all that. I want the showrunner to feel like they can do carte blanche as long as they're serving the fans what we want and giving us giving us stories that are interesting. Like that's why I think Stephen Moffat is one of the best writers for Doctor Who of all time. Um, that's why he was a showrunner and people was like, oh, he fucked it up. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. We had some great, great shit with 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 Moffat. Anyway, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm just gonna keep going on that. And I, I don't I don't want to do that. Anyway, people watch the giggle. It is it is so great, and we get to keep uh, every bit of of all of our doctors from the past. But we also have this fabulous new doctor who's just gonna fuck shit up and gonna be awesome. <laughs> and I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Uh, I'm so and mad. You don't at have to watch the I'm so mad at you for not watching the new well, episode yet. I I know, but you know, today was kind of yeah, a day. I get so, it. I get it. Yeah, it's, it's so amazing though. <laughs> well, don't think for a second that when we're done with this, I'm not going to pop in there and go for the town because I am. I'm thrilled. I'm absolutely psyched. So yeah, you, want to, you can't even imagine. You can't nope. even. Ima- I'm sorry. I'm. Yeah. I lo- I love that. I I don't want to imagine. I want them <laughs> to tell me the story. I'm ready. This show so, yeah. is brought to you is this brought to you by the Pontiac Fiero. Pontiac Fiero. <laughs> Why does it smell like piss again? <laughs> Pontiac Fiero, ten miles per gallon. <laughs> Pontiac Fiero. I'm sad. <laughs> Pontiac Fiero. Yes, your parents are disappointed. <laughs> Pontiac Fiero. Your parents are divorced because of you. <laughs> Brought to you by Pontiac Fiero. Find us at uh, I Hate Critics 1993 on Facebook, which Amy never updates. Oh, um, I will. <laughs> I said I will. Uh, good day. Good day.